0: everyone, and welcome to Three Songs, Three Films. I'm Tom. Sarah. And uh, this week, we're just going to be talking about the songs and the films and the shows that we've been consuming. And I think everyone can pretty much admit out there that it's been one of the craziest weeks that I think we've experienced as a country. So I'm sure we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, uh, about on some of the song choices are that we've chosen for the week and then kind of just a bunch of other stuff that we've been watching and listening to so Sarah what is the first song that you chose for this week
1: uh the first song I chose is Wander by Nick D um this is an artist that I was actually introduced by my friend uh from New Orleans DJ uh he introduced me to him I want to say it was like last year he had me listen to his music, but he sent me this song this past week and it kind of just really hit home. Um, Yeah. he's kind of like talking, he tells a story, you know, about a girl through the song, but it's also kind of like talking to the anxiety um, where he says like, uh, hello, anxiety, my old friend. I told you I never wanted to see you again. And I just think that's so relatable when you are somebody who's, living with anxiety you know I've talked about it before how I've struggled with it and how I've you know struggled with panic attacks and whatnot and how I've learned to manage it you know over the past year and a half but it's still there's still days where it does pop up Mm -hmm. and how frustrating that can be because you're like no I've worked so hard to like um overcome this but um You know, it does happen. It does pop up. So I just, uh, it's a really great song. Nick D is an incredibly talented uh, artist um, who just really puts out meaningful music, um, beautiful music. Uh, So that was, that's my first song.
0: Yeah, I actually, I really liked it. The first, when I first heard a little bit in the beginning, I was like, I don't know if this is my style or I didn't really know if I liked it at first. And then when I heard more of the lyrics and got more into it, I did really like it. I think it'd be a song that I would like to listen to again and again, after I've kind of had that initial time hearing it. Yeah, um, And I, I agree with you. I think that there's really nothing more frustrating than feeling like you've conquered something you've gone through or like some issues that you've had. Obviously we both have anxiety. And I think that when you think you've got a hold on it and then you feel like it just kind of comes right at you, it, really hard especially when it can kind of come out of nowhere or kind of come like you know i think that it's challenging and i think i think right now especially with the pandemic and everything in the news right now it's so i think everybody is sort of on this like pins and needles feeling of like just everyone can't really take a deep breath right
1: it's hard it's hard going through the pandemic i mean i was just talking about that with my mom about he like we can sit there and say about how like we're in a global pandemic and um it's okay if we're moving slower right now or we're not doing as much as we think we should because like that's something I've been been putting a lot of pressure on myself and feeling like I'm not ever doing enough and and then you got to remind yourself like where you are at in this period of time like this is this is a crazy time and it's new territory for all of us um and just reminding yourself and knowing that it's okay if you have bad days. Yeah. It's okay to be sad and to feel those emotions. And it's okay if your anxiety pops back up, that doesn't take away all the work that you've done, you know, up until this point. So,
0: Yeah, absolutely. You definitely, I think you have to remind yourself that you have come far and that just having a moment doesn't take away. It just is something that's going to come. And I think right now, especially like, with the pandemic, it's so challenging. And I think also right now, I think it's interesting because if we looked at like history books or if we were like back in school and watching like something happen, like the pandemic back in like 1917 or whatever it was, we would be like, oh my God, that's so challenging. These people have it so hard and like it's so difficult. And obviously we have more like technology to help us through with like, you know, TV and things obviously to like, they have have it much harder in a lot of ways. But I think sometimes we don't give ourselves sort of the grace that we need to Mm -hmm. say like, you are in a global pandemic. There are crazy things that you're seeing on the news that are like some of the worst things that happened in history. And we're living through it. And right. I think sometimes we think like, oh my God, we're living through the worst thing that could happen in like our country's history. This is horrible. Oh my God. Or like, or like one of the worst things or whatever. And then it's like, you think that like 10 minutes later, you should be like doing your work or like doing the dishes or whatever you should be doing. And it's like, you do realize you're like living in like, what you I guess living in the times you're living in.
1: Right. I think it's, there's a lot of fear going around, too, though, because our society isn't set up to really go through a pandemic like this. You know what I mean? It, it needs to keep running, and people are in this fear because nobody's really getting the help that they need. I mean, we've seen so many businesses close down throughout this. So many people lose their livelihoods, um, um, people losing their homes, and I think everybody's just living, too, in this state of fear because they don't
0: know what to do no totally like fear is so powerful i mean obviously in many ways i mean fear fear is why people can't move forward in many ways whether the fear is the fear of like obviously something like losing your home or something fear like that but there's also the fear when you don't know what's next i mean that's always an issue for anybody i mean when you have fear that you don't know what, it, I mean, it's almost like it is a form, a little bit of like PTSD in a little bit of a way too. I mean, anxiety, and I mean, I know for a fact that like when people have like PTSD or they're going through something, what keeps them moving forward is the fear that something bad could happen again or right. that they're living in that state. And I feel like we, or you just live, I mean, when fear overtakes you, it's like, it almost like numbs you out. Yeah. And it, yeah, it just becomes a hard thing to, I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're always, we always talk about, you know, what's, I guess, like expectations. And I feel like our society, and you talk about this, I feel a decent amount is like, we're kind of, as you said, we're not set up for this. Mm-hmm. So like, there's also expectations, I feel like, in our society that, No matter how hard things are, you're always supposed to move forward. But now the bar is so high of how bad it has gotten. Are we still supposed to be meeting whatever that thing is, you know?
1: Yeah. I think too, for me, like, I see a lot of people, I feel like we're set up to pit ourselves against each other because I see so many people getting angry at the people who are going out and they feel like they're not taking the pandemic seriously. And there are some people who, who are living like that. But then at the same time, I think it's these people who are like, no, like I need to go work. I need to keep my business open. I need to go stimulate the economy. I don't think it's always like this selfish mentality of going out and doing things. I think it's like, no, we can't afford to sit at home because our government isn't helping us. Like, you know, so it's, it's frustrating because I think we, it's easier for us to point fingers at each other and get angry and upset about how certain you know other people are handling it but we just need to like I don't know I feel like we need to come together and realize that we're all trying to navigate this thing that is uncharted territory for us and to just be there and uh, be compassionate towards each other
0: yeah I think compassion is such a important thing and it's something that's so easy to lose um it's easy i think to always be i I think we're just i think a lot of us are truly compassionate people and i think that's a true thing that we are but we also lose it very easily i think it's i think we lose our we're almost losing our natural ability if that makes any sense
1: I think it's easy to lose it when you're scared. Right. And I think just a lot of people are scared. Just It's scary. This right. is a scary thing that we're going through. It's mm-hmm. brought upon incredible changes to our lives. And um, so, I mean, I think that's that's understandable, but just giving yourself a gentle reminder that we're all going through this and to just try and love one another.
0: Yeah, absolutely it kind of brings me to my next song, um, which is Note to God by Jojo. Um, this song was actually recorded in 2006. And then she went through years of issues with her label where they basically told her she could never record again, never on another label, she could never record, basically like she can't do anything. And so then, but then when she finally got out of her like contract or however it worked, she went back and basically did what Taylor Swift is doing right now and re recorded her first two albums because no one could find them. Unless you owned a physical album, they weren't allowed to be anywhere, like on iTunes or any yeah. platform. So she re recorded this in 2018. And after seeing, um, you know, kind of thinking about how I was feeling, I guess, after um, what just happened this week in Washington, DC, I was really. Kind of thinking about like what songs kind of, ref- I guess, m- made sense to how I was feeling or what I was going through. And this was a song that I really loved back in high school when it came out. And it's just, and it was also written by Diane Warren, as I said before, it's one of my favorite songwriters. And I just love this song because I think a lot of people right now are just feeling. Really in a lot of pain and in a lot of, and in really feeling like, what would you say if you wrote a note to God? Like, what were you, what would your feelings be? And that's right. why I think, and it just really, I listened to the song again when we were figuring out what to do for the podcast, and it just, it was like basically, it, I still felt so connected right now to it.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really liked it. She's got a, she's got a powerful, soulful voice um, that I like. And I just think that's a a song that I feel like a lot of people can relate to. they just talking to God and, you know, asking him questions and um, wondering how he feels about the state of the world. And um, yeah, I really like it. I, again, it's just something that so many people can relate to.
0: Totally. And I also feel like, you know, it's interesting that you said, I believe on last week's podcast about Jasmine Sullivan that you liked the acoustic version because it added like kind of like the, yeah. the graininess or like the like yeah, imperfection. Um, I felt like this version of hers because was obviously was recorded as she was older, but obviously mm-hmm. she changed it up a little bit because it's like a new version basically. Um, at first I was like, I don't know if I like a little bit of this like imperfectionist. And then I thought, actually I really do because it almost feels so raw. Like if you right. truly were in that feeling of just like, I'm writing a note to God, I'm in pain. I don't know, what's like, I'm so frustrated, I'm confused. It almost like, it, I kinda actually almost, I like that she had some of the imperfections and some of the beauty that was still in her voice. Like the mixture was really nice.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. I think that's what's really special about when, when artists perform live or do acoustic versions, just hearing the rawness of their voice and and getting that. It just feels, uh, I don't know, like a deeper connection to the emotions of the song. Yeah, and I
0: think, it is interesting to think back on like songs that you've listened to like throughout your life or songs that you try to kind of think about like what songs, I, don't know, I I feel like what songs that you can still relate to today or what would work well for this moment and I think too it's this week's been a bit hard for me to connect to a lot of music and so I feel like to have a song like that where I was like this is how I'm feeling it, it, it just it worked really well for me and I think that I mean I think that I guess there's a lot of songs that are just timeless especially that when we've there's been a lot of times throughout life where I think people are asking God like I'm very, what's going on here right absolutely so what was the next song that you chose
1: um the next song I chose is Eminem's song Nat <laughs> um which he talks a lot about COVID in this song in a very Eminem way uh, it's not like my favorite Eminem song it's his newest release but um it's Eminem. I'll always have, like, a special place in my heart for Eminem. Uh, so, I don't know. It, it was just fun. It's it's always fun to see him when he comes out with new stuff and um, still being so incredibly talented, uh, even as he ages. Uh, I always like to see Eminem.
0: I think it's really funny how there are artists where it's, like, may not be your favorite thing from them. Mm-hmm. But we've talked about this before on other podcast episodes as well, where there's this a connection you have with an artist and it's sort of like you just, you kind of almost have to soak in their new material, kind of no matter what it is almost. Right. It's just something that you've either grown up with and there's always gonna be that connection. And you kind of, it's, it's interesting because Eminem has been so popular throughout our lives. Mm. And I was thinking about it when I was listening to that song, like, he's always had such a very, like, just distinct way of his style. And I was never, I've never been a humongous rap person, but I feel like he definitely was a huge part of our, like, growing up.
1: Yeah, definitely being in Michigan, like, you don't grow up in Michigan and not know Eminem and m and are, like, not familiar with his music and stuff. And um, it's funny because, like, I remember being in middle school when 8 Mile came out and how big that was and all of the, um, you know, students who got to go see it and stuff, whose parents let them see it because, you know, it was rated R or whatever. <laughs> it was rated. You know, you had to be 18 rated. to get in <laughs> to see it. I know, uh, I know my mom didn't let me watch it, but uh, <laughs> it's just funny looking back on that. I Eminem mean, was always just
0: a part of growing up. He's just of part of like the culture of like mm-hmm. art growing up. And I think that there's always going to be some artists, no matter like what genre they come from, they just overtake the, like, the whole thing, especially like as we've talked about before, like the MTV and the whole like yeah. that whole I don't know. I was gonna say like that whole like kind of scene that was. Um, I feel like there was like a he transcended rap, and mm-hmm. then it was almost like. And so I feel, yeah. I. I think Eminem's good with being serious, but always sort of not being serious too. It's like a weird. He always does this like fine line thing.
1: Yeah, he does but I don't know. I just, I like his style. Um, I've like seen him grow over the years and, um, do different things. And I don't know. I'll
0: always enjoy hearing new stuff from him. There's always going to be a connection there. That's for sure. Yeah. So my next song is Bridges by Mickey Guyton. Um, I know I brought her up a couple times on this podcast. Um, this song also I felt was really topical um, for this week. Um, just that we have to start building bridges and stuff mm-hmm. you were talking about in the beginning and have compassion. And, um, and also I think that, um, I think for me, this song makes me think a lot about how I really hope our country can come together because I think that there are people who are, I don't know how to say this the right way, but I think that we have to look at people as people and in our own lives. I think that, because I think that if we look at what happened at the Capitol, that isn't just Wow, let's not talk to Republicans. That is, They're not just Republicans. they're terrorists. They're a separate thing completely. And I hope and I feel like for this song, I look at it as like, unless you're obviously like doing horrible, horrible things, we all the majority of us need to come together and form bridges with each other.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I definitely think we could do so much as a country and as a world if we started just holding hands with each other and building each other up and, um, I don't know, reaching out to one another.
0: Yeah, and I feel like it's just like, I feel like there's, I guess, you know, the thing for me is there's a lot of almost like a feeling of like just shock and pain and I feel like a song like this I feel like it's very raw Mm -hmm. but also very hopeful at the same time and I like the fact that it's a song that I've been listening to a lot ever since her like EP came out. And I think I just really hope that we get to I guess just a better place. I think that this week has had me so shattered that I just feel um I kind of just hope we can get to a more together place.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It's uh it's been tough, you know, especially the being the first week into the new year, you know, we all kind of hoped that, you know, turning the page into 2021, we would really start to see things shift and uh, get better. And it's just been chaos <laughs> and confusing. And um, but I don't know, I think we're I think we're gonna get there. I have faith in us.
0: I think you have to have faith. I honestly think there's no way to survive. And I saw a thing pop up on my Facebook today. That was a quote from um, Adrienne Houghton, who was who I talked about, um, I believe either a week or two ago that she sang a song with her husband. She had a quote years ago on a talk show, on her talk show, The Real, and it came up on my Facebook page in one of my memories and it said, um, the opposite of fear is faith. Mm-hmm. And I think we just talked about fear. I think that you, it's, it's fear is so crippling. It's so yeah. debilitating and it makes you like not wanna leave your bed, basically. Fear to, is like the biggest thing to overtake you.
1: It, <laughs> yeah. it is, you have it'll faith. hold you back from living life.
0: Yeah, and I think too, like, if we have fear that we will never get along as a society, then I feel like we're just gonna just, it's gonna be like, we're all gonna be so shut down. Mm -hmm. And so, um it's just, yeah, I don't know, it's just, it's very, it's, I think the reason why I like this song and what I wrote about when I did a review of this, of her album, her EP for The Echo, Um, last year was she's very bold in saying like in the beginning of the song and being like you know if there if there's like all you know she's very bold about talking about this is I think more during like the Black Lives Matter time and a lot of things like that but more like you know um, like basically about like tear gas and about things like that but then and and I felt like she really kind of did state like, I guess more like she went there, but at the same time, the song still remained hopeful. Right. And I thought that was interesting because there's a lot of the kind of the songs, especially right now and like, kind of in like country music or just music in general, I sometimes feel like they try to do the like, well, it's all come together and like, we're all different from each other, but whatever. But this still, I felt like painted the sad picture while still also sad and let's come together.
1: Well, I think the verse. (laughs) step in solving a problem is admitting that there's a problem right. you can't solve the problem if you're just ignoring the problem
0: right Exactly. you know
1: and being like oh let's be happy and sunshines but not talk about you know yeah what's actually going on you have to talk about it and you have to you just you have to acknowledge it and you have to uh let yourself Feel the emotions of it and let yourself heal and, you know, work through
0: it. Definitely. So what was the next song you chose?
1: The next song I chose is Language by Mix Phoenix. Uh, She's a new artist for me, but I really liked her sound. I thought she had a great sound. The song was uh, really cool to listen to. The instrumental the instrumentals to this song, I absolutely loved as well. Like I would love to be able to just have an instrumental version of this song because yeah. listening, you know, to it in the background um, with her vocals it is incredible as well. It's a really cool song, but then to have like just the instrumentals, um, I could see myself sitting there jamming to that as well. Um, I really like her. I'll, I'll be checking out more from her for sure.
0: Yeah, I, um, I felt like the song should have been like in a James Bond movie. Yeah. <laughs> like that kind of like sexy style and that. Yeah, it was, yeah. Interesting too, like I, it's another one of those songs where I feel like, I think I'll really like over time, I think it almost like was gave me a little bit of a shock. Yeah. At first, and I think that another good thing that I think to realize is that there's music that I think a lot of times we're such a, like, we don't, like, fully immerse ourselves in a song. We, like, try Mm -hmm. something quickly, and we're, like, within 10 seconds, are, like, either like this or I don't. Right. And and then half the time, you, like, miss a song, but if you listen to it, like, twice, you might end up loving, but you just kind of stopped it. And I I feel like I just noticed that, because I feel like at first I was, like, I don't think I like this, but then I thought about it more. I'm, like, I actually really like this. Yeah. And I think sometimes (laughs) we're just so quick to just be, like, no, I don't think so.
1: We are. I think that just comes from the, the world of instant gratification. And you, also, know, if you don't like it immediately, you move on.
0: And also when music is, like, different, like, if you don't, um, which I'm going to talk about in a little bit about one of the films I chose, because if music is different than what you're used to, sometimes you don't even realize that you like it or you don't even get it yet. Right. if you immediately hear something and you're like I don't think so I don't want this or I don't like this or blah 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 it's like you don't even understand it yet I almost feel like it's like a dance if you like had like salsa lessons or something
1: yeah and you did it
0: for like like 30 minutes or something you tried it one day and you're like I hate this this is not for me and then you're and then they were like you haven't even done this at all. You don't even understand the nuances. You don't get it. And you might do it after a while and be like, oh my God, I love this. Because you didn't even like give yourself that chance.
1: Yeah. I think with music too, it, um, it can also just depend on your mood. Totally. <laughs> of when you go, like initially go to listen to that. Because if you're not in the right mood for that type of music, like you're not going to like it. You might not think to go back to it later when you're like in a different mood.
0: But... Right. Yeah, I think it really, is a it totally, it goes, I think it's a mood thing. And it could just be like, what you're going through at that particular moment. And it could either be yeah. why you love a song because you totally relate to it. It could be too much to handle at that moment. It could be, there's so many things that like, factor into why you like something or you don't at that given time.
1: Yeah, agree with that. So what's your, uh, what's your last song for? My
0: last song is When the Sun Comes Up by Tamia. I chose it because I thought also it was kind of a nice break from the really heavy songs that I chose. Um, I listened to this song a lot, um, especially in the summertime. Um, and I think it's a good, I normally like her ballads a lot more than her fast songs, um, her up-tempo tracks. But I just thought it was so fun and like beachy and just sort of like gives you permission to just be like, you don't, you don't almost like, you don't know when the sun's gonna come out again. So if the sun's out, you better enjoy it. And I yeah. like that feeling of just like, no, I'm just gonna like live in the moment. And I'm gonna like, and even, even now, I think we have to give ourselves that permission of like, yes, I can, I can be sad about what's going on in DC. I can be sad for our country. I can be sad for the pandemic. I can be sad for X, Y, and Z. But that doesn't mean I'm not allowed to have happy moments. Right. And I think we okay. tell ourselves almost that we're not allowed to. Like, you, mm-hmm. you have to feel it. It has to be bad. You have to feel like you can't move. And I think that that's almost just like, and then it's like, no, I'm allowed to like, also give myself permission to say, like, you felt bad, but you can feel good too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Allowed to be happy. Uh, I really liked the song i did to me it's a dance in the kitchen song like that's immediately what i thought of listening to it
0: it's um, very fun to put on when you're just in that like carefree feeling mm-hmm. and i think i can see i can totally see why you got that vibe from it because it does give off that like just that vibe and to me it has a lot of songs like deep is the wrong word they're more like that like heartfelt ballad type. And so, mm-hmm. have, so when she comes out with a song like this on an album where there's a lot of that, like it gave it a different vibe to the album. Her album was Passion Like Fire and it gave like a different vibe to it. And it's just one of those songs where like it keeps coming up because it's, it's almost always on like my on repeat playlist because I just play it and it's just some it just, it, it, it makes you want to dance. It makes you kind of want to have a good time. And I, I really right. appreciate that.
1: Yeah, I think it's kind of with the emotions. Maybe she, as an artist, is like I, I put out these deep and emotional songs, but I give myself permission to also put out the happy, joyful.
0: Well, I fun don't, think, I don't song. think. Well, I don't think you want to be in the studio too. Just like every moment, being like, let's just be sappy and all the piano chords, and let's just <laughs> like talk about being cheated on, and like let's just talk about whatever. It's like sometimes you want to be able to be like you know, um, just like when the sun comes up, like I'm gonna, you know, have a good time and I'm not gonna think about my problems. And I think that right now, I think that that's a little bit of sunshine and like good vibes that we could all use. (laughs) So what is the first film or show that you chose?
1: Um, The first, the first movie I picked was Pixar's Soul. Mm. Uh, just watched it recently and it was a really cute movie um, you know just follows this man trying to you know follow his dream and his life purpose what he thinks is his life purpose and um, I don't know it's, it's got a beautiful message in the movie as uh, the later Pixar movies tend to do nowadays um, very life lesson uh, I think it's a great movie. I think everybody should definitely watch it. Child yeah, I, I,
0: I watched it. Um actually before you even said that you were going to do it. I I I I I I watched it. And uh <laughs> yeah, it's I feel like it's very Did you watch it with your nieces?
1: They I watched it with my sister. My nieces were around. Um, but I think they were more interested in something else at the moment.
0: The only reason I was asking is I've heard from like other, like mostly one of my friends who's, who's older and has kids who are like around like elementary school, middle of school age. Um, Mm -hmm. they, I think it was hard for them to understand and kind of grasp and it was a little slow for them, but I think it's a good film, especially for like adult, almost like adults. And I think the message especially, and I think it it is a little like, some of these animated films can get kind of heavy at times.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if you think about it, the movies from our childhood got heavy and dark as well. Right. Um, But you, children look at things differently than adults do. So I think, I don't know, I think children watch it and get out a different message than what adults do. And I think that, Disney and Pixar still target adults the same way they did in our childhood. But also, like, our generation, we still watch the animated and Disney films, whether we have kids or not. You right. know what I mean? We, get, we still get just as excited. And I think it's because that was such a big part of our childhood. Um,
0: yeah. I also think so, the making of the movie was incredible. I don't know if you've seen it at all. But on Disney Plus, they have all, like, the extras that you would have on, like, the DVD. Mm -hmm. And I watched a lot of like the making of the movie and about the music. And I found that like fascinating. I really liked seeing that and how it was made. And I also talked about the show Inside Pixar. Um, Mm -hmm. When I talked about that before, they have one of the episodes, it's like 12 minutes on that about, um, I think like the co-director of it, I think, who also like worked on the screenplay as well. So that was really cool. I think it was a really, um, interesting movie. Um, I, it's always interesting to go back and like, see why something was made mm-hmm. and like, why, um, like the, the, one of the guys who they did like the 12 minute thing on, he's a black man. And he actually said, we need to add in a scene like the like the barbershop scene. He said, we mm-hmm. need to add something that makes sense like for the black community and i think it just also shows what we talk about like representation and all Mm -hmm. that that when you have something authentically being made it really helps the story like be authentic and be truthful
1: yeah absolutely i think it's great to see so uh what's your first movie for us this week
0: my first is quincy um So this was interesting. I picked this film before I saw it. I really just was like, I really like typically movies that kind of just talk about music over the years. Um, Mm -hmm. And it was incredible. It was really well done. It was like two hours, really like literally chronic, like did his entire life Um, and his music and his family. It was beautiful, but it was really, really heavy. Um, It was heavy for a few different reasons. One, his childhood was a bit rough. His mom was schizophrenic. And so when he was like seven years old, he like ended up him and his dad, and then and his sibling went away. Um, And so that was a little bit um, challenging. It was like a tough thing, but also like he just, he, he had a lot of moments throughout the film, I think that were just tough. He had moments with, as he got older, he started like really like, like even as like, probably like in his 70s, he started like really struggling, I think with like alcohol. And he ended up like basically, um, ended up in the hospital because of it. And like, and then just like a lot of things even too, I think it really hit me more this week um, because a lot of the movie was about um, him creating the music for the opening of the African-American Museum at the the Smithsonian. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was just a little challenging because we're going through so much as a country. And I didn't, I thought I was watching this to take a break from the country issues. And I kind of like only, and at first I thought today after I finished it, I don't even want to talk about this because I thought, but I kind of think it's a good thing to talk about and kind of warn people that if they think that they're, that it might bring up some emotion for them Mm -hmm. because I'd say, especially if you're black and especially if you're just really um, going through a lot of emotions right now because um, they kind of showed a scene too where like, they kind of wheeled him around the Smithsonian before it opened. And there was like the whites only bathroom sign. And he also talked about to the rap community. He gave up speech before the Smithsonian thing. He did a separate thing with rap community. And he was like, I don't want you guys killed. I want your music to get more political. He's like, I want you to live as long as me. So that was emotional. And then the other thing I think was emotional too was just seeing the fact of like, when he was at like the Smithsonian, um, before it opened, he was gonna coordinate all the music. So all these artists were there singing and stuff, but also like President Obama and the first lady were there. And I just, it made me like long for like a time before there was so much chaos. And so when I was watching it, I thought, oh, my God, I'm, like, kind of getting this break from my life. And I was just, like, like, just could not, I was just tearing up for, like, a lot of it.
1: Was, is this a, so is this a documentary?
0: It's, it's like, a doc, yeah, it's a documentary, yeah. And um, I thought it was new, but I think Netflix just put it on for their Black Lives Matter collection. Mm -hmm. But it was, it's from, I think it's two years old. Um. And it's hard because I thought it was an amazing film. Like, and I think it's yeah. hard sometimes when something hits you so, makes it it's so raw, but it's hard because it was a great film.
1: Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. It's good to have those films that really make you feel.
0: I just feel and like, I also don't know if this film was made or if I would have watched this film like months ago, I don't know if I would have had the same reaction. But I think after feeling, I've just watched so much news this week and it's been really hard for me and really, and I think just just seeing so much and also seeing just an, an older Black man and all that he's gone through throughout his life. I mean, he's been doing music since like, I mean, for so long. I mean, he was not very old, I don't think, when he started music. And so it, was just, it just had a lot more, like, moments than I was expecting.
1: Yeah. I think it's nice, though, when movies still get made and still get put out. It's important, even if it's going to be a hard watch or make you emotional, um, it's important to not mute those stories just because they're difficult.
0: And like I was saying, I mean, it was made two years ago, and I'm sure it was already a lot going on, obviously, in our country. Mm. In 2018, obviously, was still, obviously, rough. I just meant, like, I wanted to warn people a little bit, because if they think they're getting a break, it might bring up a lot right. of extra stuff for them. And if they think, oh my god, if it's such a hard week, let me turn this on, that might not be your escape. Yeah. <laughs> so, what was the next film or show that you chose
1: the next film that i chose is between two ferns the movie um this came out in 2019 but i watched it for the first time uh this past week and it was a nice break just from the world it's a comedy zach Galifianakis. um if you're familiar you know like he had the the show um between the two ferns and it was just genuinely funny um even the bloopers at the end. I love when they add bloopers at the end of a a film. Um, So yeah, if if you want like an escape movie to just kind of forget about things for a while, (laughs) check out Between Two Ferns because it's just, it's really
0: funny. Um, It's always good to have the escape. I think the thing is too, like, it's interesting with, you know, trying to figure out sometimes what is an escape. And that's what I was saying with my last thing, I thought it was going to be an escape and it was not. Right. Um, But yeah, it's really nice that we can also, I think again, we have to give ourselves the permission. Um, I think right now people think they have to be glued to the news like constantly. And they think that that's, I think for a lot of people, even though that brings up a lot of tension, they feel like if they aren't glued in, they're like some fear they're not doing something right. Or they think like, I think sometimes that is a set of fear like I don't know how to not look. Yeah. I think that people, and so I think that, I think people with fear can go one or two ways. It can either make you don't look it at it all, or it can almost make you get overly consumed because you just don't know how not to look. Cause it almost just, it makes you feel like, like I need to be looking at what's going on.
1: Yeah. I had a friend who posted some like um, suggestions for what you can do. Um, you know, when the news and stuff gets heavy and how you can take care of yourself and your mental health. And some of the suggestions that she made was like, you know, pick one news source that you trust and have a set time during the day that you check it and only check it at that time. Yeah. Or um, go to a friend that you trust and ask them what's going on, but don't like have it go all day. I think it's, you know, okay to not constantly be consuming it 24-7. I really like the idea of just picking a new, st- new source you trust and checking it once a day and then allowing yourself to um, go from there. And that doesn't mean like ignore it for the rest of the day, but you can take different steps, you know, after that. After you've checked in with the news, you know, um, m- just move on from there uh, on, on what you're going to do.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where you just as I said before, with like the Tamiya song, when I brought that up, you have to give yourself permission because Mm -hmm. you have to be like, um, I think for a lot of people, especially people like me who are like in the journalism world or who like, that's what they studied or they're super into news. And that's like a lot of things or very like, like feel like they need to be just into that or in, in, I guess in the know, I think it's Mm -hmm. very hard, but you have to remind yourself that you can come back to it Right. You To not let yourself be overtaken by that because it's very, it, it's, I feel like too, it's a little bit like when you see like a train wreck, people sometimes have a hard time looking away
1: mm-hmm.
0: and are like, or there, or when something's going on, you think you have to keep looking, but sometimes you can like tell yourself, I need to do something else right now, or like, it's not, this is not healthy for me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I did that with you this week. Like, you texted me that night when it, you know, all of the stuff at the Capitol was happening, and I had to make the choice that night not to text you back because I knew, like, I didn't have the emotional capacity to talk
0: about it at that time. No, and you don't. So that's a, that's a, and that's definitely like, and also, you're giving yourself permission to say, "I'm not doing that right now."
1: Right. Yeah. And so I, you know, sent you a message the next day and was like, Hey, sorry, I couldn't talk about it then, but let's talk about it now if you're, you know,
0: right there.
1: Um, so yeah, letting yourself, letting yourself do that and knowing what works for you and what's healthy for you.
0: Yeah, totally. So my next, um, in I chose, uh, was the show Bridgerton on Netflix. <laughs> Um, have you seen it yet? I haven't, but I've, everybody's been talking about it. So it's interesting. I think I'm almost done. I think it's eight episodes and I think I'm done five, maybe more. I think five. Um, but it's, it's really well done. I think it's one of those things where, um, it took me a little bit of time to get more into it. Um, there's a lot of things going on uh, on it. It's very. There's a lot. There's a lot of different storylines and there's a lot of characters. So that mm-hmm. for me, and it wasn't. It's was a little much for me. But what I really like, I really like the two main people, um, the girl who's in it and um, the guy who plays the Duke. And it's really about like them and their relationship. They're kind of like the main story storyline. I like them a lot. The fashion is amazing. Um, yeah. And I watched, me and my mom watched a thing um, about the fashion of the show and, like, how many outfits they made specifically for the show. Um, I thought that was really awesome. I also like that race is not really mentioned at all. Um, It's a period piece, but they don't really mention it. Like, the main guy's black and woman's white, and a lot of the characters are different races, and they don't, there's not a hierarchy based on race. right and that's not obviously very typical in a period piece um yeah. and they did kind of mention it for 2 seconds that i guess the the queen and is black and the guy in the in the king i guess was white and i guess because they fell in love it like changed everything in society mm. but that was like the only mention they did and so it's very really interesting um the last episode i watched was really great there's a lot of really good, like, monologues and really good, like, it just, it's very, very sexy, very sexy. Like, <laughs> it's a very sexual show, honestly. Yeah. Um, and, um, and then just a very, and there's also a lot of charm to it, too. And Julie Andrews is, um, does voiceovers in it. So it's really, wow. really, it's very, it's very well done. And somebody, one of the actresses said online, she said, it's basically like the other shows that Shonda Rhimes has created pace wise. It just happens to be a period piece.
1: Is did Shonda Rhimes create this?
0: She was the uh she was one of the she didn't like direct it or write it, but she was like a producer. Okay. It's from Shonda Land, her company. Mm-hmm. And so but it kind of moves at the pace of like a Grey's Anatomy or like yeah. Cause most, they were saying most period pieces are kind of slow. This is like very fast. So.
1: That's cool. I'll have to check it out. I've heard great things about it. Uh, A lot of film friends who have watched it and fallen in love with it. And I think you really
0: enjoy it. I think you really also like the music in it Um, is pop songs of today, but done in orchestra. Nice. They have like, Thank You, Next and Wildest Dreams and like those kind of songs. And I think the Maroon 5 song, Girls Like You, I think is in it as well. And they, did, mm-hmm. they just play it like when they're like at their balls and stuff. Yeah. They don't have anyone singing it. And it just sounds like it's, it is, they have a lot of interesting things that they put in there that I feel like you wouldn't expect.
1: Yeah. I love instrumentals and I love uh, orchestral music. So
0: <laughs> yeah. So what is the last uh, film or show that you chose?
1: The last one for me is I chose Sabrina uh, season four, which is on Netflix, just came out not too long ago. Um, we just finished watching it. I really liked it. Um, I thought it was a great ending to the series. The, the very ending of the show, I, I kind of have like mixed feelings about it. One hand, I'm like, yeah, that was a that was a good way to end it because it's like final, it's done now. And then on the other hand, it's like it's not how I expected it to end. It's,
0: it's so what? Well, I just say it's interesting that when you like when a show ends and it doesn't always end how you want it. Because I finished um, Smart Guy the other night, like even though it's a very old show, but I don't think they knew that it was supposed to end. Like they think yeah. it picked up for another season, and so when I watched the last episode, I was like, "That's it." Yeah, it didn't seem like a farewell type episode.
1: Well, this was this was a farewell type episode. This one was definitely a, a finale. They that they knew, you know, it was ending, um, so they made it very final. But I guess because it's a witch show, it still could come back if they wanted it to even with as final as it was but i don't know i think if you like sabrina and you like that the witchy style of shows um i really enjoyed it all four seasons and i thought this was a great final season i think they did a good job
0: so is this like a reboot of the sabrina teenage witch then
1: it is it's a lot darker i think than the original the originals um so i don't know i think it was a cool take on it kind of sort of like how they made like riverdale darker okay um it's got that same feel because it's you know the same world riverdale and sabrina so they kind of went with that that feel that they gave riverdale um for the show but i liked it i enjoyed it
0: yeah I'm glad that at least, I mean, I'm sad that it didn't turn out exactly how you wanted, but I'm glad you at least got some enjoyment.
1: Yeah, yeah absolutely. Can't want them all. Exactly. <laughs> so what's your uh, last last one for us? So
0: my last one is a little odd. Um, I know this is three songs, three films, but I chose a book because I think it really should. I just finished reading it today. Um, it is, I'm going to grab the book really quick. <laughs> Here is the book, everyone. Um, and it's called, it's I Am These Truths, A Memoir of Identity, Justice, and Living Between Worlds. It's by Sunny Haston. Um, I talked about her before. She's one of the um, co-hosts of The View. Um, it it's, it's a book that I think should be turned either into like a film or a TV show that could just be about her life. But, or I think even if they did like an hour special on TV, like, with her and her family and like people around her life. I just think Mm -hmm. it's very fascinating. I think it's honestly should be required reading in high school because it's not a fluff. It's not a fluffy book at all. It's, it's really about her growing up and she's half Latina and half black. And it's really about her journey and, um, in life. And I, it's very raw. Um, It's, it's, and so I really like how honest she was about like her journey, even in like media and how she felt like some of the things that she's gone through in life and um, racism in the world and trying to have this dual identity. Um, Mm -hmm. And I thought it really represented our podcast well because our podcast is so about representation. And I thought this book was just seriously about people did not understand her as half Latina and half Black. She wasn't black enough she wasn't latina enough it was really hard to get jobs for her um yeah. media because they were like well they were like you're latin do you speak like and she she's fully she or, or latina she's like she fully speaks um spanish but i think people didn't they were like she had a hard time people really understanding that she was like immersed in both worlds
1: right that can be difficult and i've heard that story from a lot of um like uh, mixed mixed race the friends um you know where they they're kind of in this weird in between between you know both worlds where they're not this enough and they're not that enough um i couldn't imagine the the difficulty of that not really like feeling like you fit in with either either one not
0: feeling like you belong or well i
1: think it's also hard to treat it like you don't belong
0: it's hard because she had to prove herself in general mm-hmm. because the world was thinking like you're not first off she's never going to be like she has just being of a different race is hard enough in like kind of like the white world mm-hmm. um and like the world of media and like the world of like whatever it's hard but then on top of that she was saying like even like cnn like she worked at cnn for a while but their station next door to CNN in Espanol didn't even like think of her for a while. They like didn't they? Did, they were like, "Oh, you're Sp- like Oh, you speak Spanish? Oh, you're this like They didn't like put it all together, and she kind of thought like, "How do you not know this? Right? And, like, I think that she had a lot of that, and even like her childhood. Like, she I also would love it being being done like a young girl playing her because it's not even just her world in media. It's also just her world. Um, she was very, very smart. And so she skipped, like, there was like skipping of grades and she was like 16 when she was in college. And so she had this world of like, I'm really smart. I work my butt off. And, but at the same time, I'm like this real, I'm also really misunderstood. Right. And so I thought that that was really interesting. Just like the thing. And I, um, It'd be interesting as like almost like a mini series or something, or like just in a thing. I mean, I doubt that would ever happen, but I mean I but I do think just in the sense of like, um I don't know, I just thought it was I was just reading it and like understanding race when she was younger, but in like mm-hmm. society but also in media. I just thought, wow, high schoolers read this. It's it's really well written, but also very easy to read. And I thought, yeah. oh my god, like I feel like if, like, a 16-year-old read this, they'd start understanding race in our society so much better.
1: Right. That would be cool. I think it's, I don't know, it would be cool to see a shakeup of required literature in school. I've I mean, added some sure. new
0: things. I, I mean, I more feel, like, in the sense that, like, I think so many people are really struggling to understand, <laughs> like, do, like, duality, but also people having a hard time understanding our country. Like, right now, like, race relations in our country. And Mm -hmm. I feel like when you read this, it's like, I mean, I understood a lot of it. So I don't know if I'm the person to really say you would, this would help you get it or not. But I just felt like reading it, like, oh my God, if people read this, they would be like, oh, like, you just feel like there's a lot of light bulbs that I think might start, you know, getting people to, you know, just understand a little more. I think when it's personal and for her to understand like, her journey, um, I think it's just really, really fascinating, because I feel like it's good to hear sort of the, like, raw truth sometimes.
1: Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Put that I on my... I actually
0: really like it. It's actually, a, it's a, I actually listened to the audiobook of it. I had the book, and I was reading it, and I had her reading it to me um which I also really like because I'm really used to her voice um because I watch her every day on tv but I just really like I, I just was really excited I just it was really cool and really glad especially for me being in the media world or wanting to into that to just understand like some of the like nuances and I don't know it's just it's fascinating like to watch how somebody's career evolves, or like why they got jobs or why they didn't get jobs, or just sort of like the way they're treated—I don't know—it's—it's it's very fascinating.
1: Mm-hmm. It is. It is. It's uh, slept on the rug a lot, not talked about as much, but I think it's it's being talked about more, and it's yeah. good to see. It's an interesting to hear about, learn about.
0: I think also representation, like we talked about so many times in the finish, you know, the podcast app. I feel like we just talk about representation so much it's like our I feel like almost like our main theme is it's kind mm-hmm. of become that and I almost feel but- like it I feel like how people get their information um especially like in the media world I think like that's kind of how you know hearts and minds change mm-hmm. and I think that it just I could just see more people if they were younger reading this and thinking, oh, I get this more now. I understand the struggle of being different. I understand like some more of what's really going on. Sort of, so also, she also was a prosecutor. So she was a lawyer and a prosecutor and all of that before she got on TV. And so she yeah. has such a different background. And I think um, she's done this. I mean, there's been so many things that she's done in her life. And I think that that would be, it made it just I kind of was just reading it and it just kind of like felt like, wow, this could be incredibly and it, this could be really, really important to have um, I guess out in the world.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I could see it. I could see the right person getting their hands on it and making that into a, a movie.
0: It'd be interesting. I mean, it'd be interesting just to see I as I said, even if it was just like one, like, an, you know, an hour special on TV where they even just had like her talking about it and like her parents and like people. And I think that, or I think honestly just, um, yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool as like a film or miniseries or something or like, you know, seeing like her through all the different stages of her life. Cause I think people would be very fascinated to see what it was like for her growing up. She was basically in poverty when she, in the Bronx. Then she got into like, and they got into like a private high school ended up going to like a real like a really good school she like ended up becoming a lawyer then becoming a prosecutor then being com- becoming like a legal analyst for like cnn and abc and mm-hmm. now has been on the view for the last like four or five years so like she's had a lot of chunks and i right. could see that like being a build-up like you know through the years of like because i think that so many people i think it would just be very eye-opening Yeah. I think that that does it for today. And we will see you next week on Three Songs, Three Films.